Welcome to the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, the NFL has a higher GNP than most nations on earth, and week one of the season starts tonight. I was going to say regular season, but nothing about the NFL is regular. And I joke about the GNP, but if they were to actually, you know, buy a bunch of tanks or hire some, you know, Buffalo soldiers, I don't think anybody would say anything because the NFL is bigger than some countries now. And massive night if you're a sports fan. We we all know we're all going to be watching game one. It'll be an exciting one. We're going to talk about that in two shakes. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. You can text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. Not like, not like the member of Nickelback. That's Kroger. You're Kruger. And you can't sing a note. Can't sing a note, but I am blazing my own path. You know, I can't be looped in there with Chad. Uh, we, we, we spell it differently. We do things differently. Uh, we excel in different areas. I'll say that. You and I are going to have our first rumble today. About what? Uh, it's your job to make sure that the show that precedes us isn't stealing our time. Yes. We're, I, a, we're it's 12.03 right now. I've already talked to Connor and Brandon. Uh, they've been fired, so they're out of here. No more Fantasy Frenzy. I'm just saying. Gregor and Carius are going to be looking for somebody, so please send in your resumes. But you, don't worry, they've been taken care of. You knew the effort it took me to get in here. I got to get up at like 3 in the morning, come in here, do my hair. It's a thing. So Well, I usually do your hair, to be fair. So <laughs> you, you, you don't have to worry about that one. Oh, anymore. dear. The Lowdown is uh, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, a great saint, great team. Uh, find them on the corner of 184th Street, Stony Plain Road. Uh, WolfGMCBuick.com. So I had a Doug and Mary. Mary was in the studio with me years and years ago when Daryl Sittler walked in. And she, she and I were both damn thrilled. Let me tell you that. Our guest today, Will Birchfield, beat reporter from 97.1 The Ticket, covering the Detroit Lions. Everybody's talking about the Lions right now like they're going to do something. And that is like news to me because they never do anything. Is it real? We'll find out. And Bag Milk from Oilers Nation will join us. I'm, I'm a little concerned. I asked around for his real name and nobody knows it. And I just, I just have this, I can just imagine he gets the job at Oilers Nation. And then he calls home, and, hi, mom. And mom says, hi, honey. And he says, I got a job at Oilers Nation. And she says, oh, okay, great. Uh, uh, you know, anything that I should know? Well, my, I can't use my real name. It's, it's uh, bagged milk. And then mom sa- says, oh, dear. And then she says the name. And then in the background, you can hear dad laughing. So I, I don't know if his name is public, but we're going to try to get that out of him, find out about his dog, and find out what he thinks of the Edmonton Oilers in the year to come. We'll also have some rumors about the National Hockey League and about the Edmonton Oilers, too. Gregor was talking again yesterday about maybe a player signing. He's got a name in mind. I've got a different name. We'll talk about that. Are you thrilled that the NFL is back? Does that make you happy in your heart? Oh, I, I could not be more excited. I could not be more excited. I'm a football fan through and through, as you know. Uh, as, as soon as I'm out of here today, I will be plopped down on the couch to uh, hopefully watch Jameer Gibbs uh, go off a little bit because I have him in fantasy now. Sure. Travis Kelsey also in my keeper league. He Is my, he going to play tonight? He was, he's still listed as questionable okay. as of right now. Uh, right. We'll have a sports update at 12.55. Hopefully I have some more information on that. But he's still listed as questionable right now, so I'm waiting with bated breath. But when he plays, he is, I mean, one of the most fun players in the league and unstoppable, yeah. unstoppable sure. at his position. Well, there's like five seasons of the NFL. There's pre- Preseason, there's regular season, there's playoff season, there's getting arrested season, and the draft. So we're in, I think, the good part of 
Yeah, we, we, we got through getting a rested season without too much of a hassle, and uh, the preseason flew by as it always does, and now we're here. So I think it's only up from here until it starts to go down again, but we're, we're in a good spot. So when I look at the Detroit Lions, do we call them Detroit Lions or Detroit? I call them the Detroit Lions. Okay. Duh. Detroit. Oh, like the Bears. They've been matzo balls bland. Like, just put some pepper or something on this since Billy Sims went down with an injury four score and seven years ago. I remember watching Lions locker room the following Sunday and Daryl Rogers with the coach. And he basically said, well, I'm going to get fired. And he did. And even the fantastically brilliant Barry Sanders couldn't make the Lions go higher than eight and eight most seasons. And I, I don't mean to, I don't dislike the Lions. I have no opinion about them. I, you know, there are teams that I don't like because as an Eagles fan, like the Cowboys, I can't stand them. And I think that's understandable. If you're a Cowboys fan, I assume you hate the Eagles and the Giants. But I have no opinion of Detroit, which is the worst thing you can have for a, a franchise that old. And, and they've been around forever. They've won championships, but not recently. I also want to find out when we talk to Will Birchfield from 97.1, the ticket. I want to know about Jared Goff because you remember made the big trade and then the Rams won. And he kind of was just, you know, journeyman seven. And I wonder if, if maybe he's going to write a fantastic story this year. That would be a great story. Oilers are in the city. They're all at the captain's practice every day, uh, except Raphael Lavoie, who is in somewhere, I can't remember, maybe New York City, as part of a rookie indoctrination. I wonder what they talk, what they talk about. Listen, you're going to have to pay for everybody's meal in New York City. It's going to be $47,000, and you don't make enough to pay for it. Good luck. Maybe they have that. We're three days in. Haven't done the lines and pairings on this show yet. We will do that. I'll give you my personal opinion. I don't know. Do you have it? Do you follow that? Are you like that geeky that you? I don't think I'm that geeky. I mean, right. I'll pay attention to it now and then, but it's not something I, I delve clear, into though, too You're much. a giant nerd. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Huge. But just not a nerd in the same way I'm a nerd. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we can we can go with that. Okay. Because we don't have to meet at the bike racks and talk it out at 3.30 today. It's all good. But I will give you my personal opinion on the lines and pairings, what it should look like about 120 or so today. McDavid said the orders are dialed in for the season to come. I don't know what we expect him to say, but that sounds about right. They were wildly disappointed because losing to the Vegas Golden Knights meant no Stanley. But they're close. They need goaltending. They've got some weaknesses. They've got some areas that, that could turn on them. Goaltending, we don't know about Broberg. There's some question about fourth line center. But really, these are small, small items. These are not major items for the Edmonton Oilers. They're locked and loaded. Ottawa, by the way, signing Jake Sanderson eight years, $8.05 million a year. And that's why kicking Evan Bouchard's contract down the road is going to mean, I think, Darnell Nurse is dealt by the end of this decade. Pretty sure. If you don't have the cash, Bouchard's going to be better at what he does than Darnell Nurse is at what he does. So you've got to get rid of someone, and I think it would be Nurse, although he does have the new mo- no movement, but it does roll out a little differently as time goes by. Did you hear about Ronaldo? He says the rivalry with Messi is over. And I say not so fast, Mr. Bad Statue Man. It's over because Messi won, not because he came to North America. And he is killing it in North America. I mean, when you're that good, when Selena Gomez goes and watches you, then you're very good. And that's Messi. So that's over. And that was a terrible statue. It really was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. He looked like he'd had some, like, 
I don't know, Bell's Palsy or something. Do you remember that? Which one was this? Ronaldo with that, that bronze statue thing. Oh, right? yeah. That he, one was one of the worst ever. He looked like drunk that Elvis. One was, sorry, I was still focused on the uh, your, your thought process that the, the separating factor in these two careers wasn't the World Cup. It wasn't, you know, the Champions Leagues, whatever. Maybe it was the Selena Gomez fandom. That was the one that Tell separated me Messi from the pack. Tell me I'm no, wrong. I think you're, I think you're, I think you're right on point, but it's just, I'm glad that uh, that's finally getting some shine for being the differentiating factor. This is a walking commercial for that television show, um, Only Murders in in the building because we, I love Martin Short and I love Steve Martin and I love her even more. We should get her, her here in studio. I would just gosh, it would be stupid. <laughs> I can I do just, the questions. I just say, <laughs> I just say, I'd, I'd make noises and she'd get up and leave because it would be weird. It wouldn't work at all. Not at all. Uh, decorated ice dance duo uh, Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer and mixed martial arts star George St. Pierre are among the 2023 inductees to Canada's Sports Hall of Fame today. Randy Furby's curling team. I hung with them for a time until they told me not to anymore. Uh, Weed Chow basketball player Danielle Pierce, softball player Phyllis Bomberry, uh, also inducted as athletes, judo coach Hiroshi uh, Nakamura and lacrosse pioneer Oren Lyons joining them as builders. That's a hell of a list. That's a lot of very, very famous people who did exceptional things in the last few years. So we we promoted what we have coming up. I'm going to do this from time to time because I want to. And maybe you don't, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, I'm going to tell you some stuff that I've read in the last 24 hours that I think you might want to pay attention to. And one of the ones that I saw today that I really liked is from The Athletic. And I know I write for them, but this is really good. Harmon Dial, who's out of Vancouver, wrote... Drafter bust breakout candidates, 10 hotshot U23 NHL players that need to step up. And it's a great list. Philip Broberg from the, the Oilers is, is on the list, and that's fair. He needs to definitely play more, less sheltered minutes. And, they, you know, he's got tremendous wheels. He's got great size. You have to take... Uh, you have to pack a lunch to get by him because he's that long and he can skate that well. But he has he's a little slow in recognizing things, and they've sheltered him a ton. So Broberg's on the list. But there are some others who... I think you'll find across the National Hockey League, like Paul Golson from uh, the Vancouver Canucks, Alexander Holtz from New Jersey. It seems like he just got here, and they're already saying he's under pressure a little bit. Alex Newhook. It's an interesting article. I highly recommend it to you. And that's one of the ones. And then the, the NFL power rankings from ES, from uh, the Athletic is also Bo Wolf did a great job. Has the Eagles second behind Casey? Do you agree with that? Like, I'm a homer, so I can't really even look at it and – not think, you know, oh my God, I'm so happy. I, I do, I do. I think their defense is incredible and got better. Uh, but I, I tend to I tend to have a short memory. So whoever was in the Super Bowl last year, they're generally at the top of my power rankings heading into the next season. Yeah, that's uh, fair. So those two are always up there. I think yeah. the Bills, I, Homer pick, I, I think they're still going to be very strong with the with the Diggs-Allen Allen duo. But to your point, yes, I think the Eagles are fairly ranked as the second best team heading into this season. Okay, let me ask you this, and then we're going to take a break because we got to get... Uh, um, our first guest today is uh, Will Birchfield, beat reporter from 97.1 The Ticket. We'll talk about the Detroit Lions, but here's my question. Because I feel like the Eagles are the best in the NFC, but the AFC, you've got KC, the Bengals, and your team, the Bills. W- w- how close is it between those three, t- three teams? 
I think I think there's a clear separation between the Chiefs and the rest of the teams just be just because of Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not saying Josh Allen and Joe Burrow aren't great quarterbacks, but I think Patrick Mah- I think Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are great quarterbacks. I think Patrick Mahomes is a generational historic talent. And I think because of that, he has the best tight end in the game. Chris Jones, they got to get it figured out. But because of all those pieces, I do think there's a separation. There's a tier one and a tier two and then everyone else in that in that uh, conference. I agree. And I think the only way the Eagles win is if Hertz makes another step forward. He's done it two years in a row. Which is very possible. He's very capable of doing it. Man, I I love that would be fantastic. All right. We've got a fun show for you. We just love that you're tuning in. We appreciate it very much. We're going to have a lot of text then later on this hour. one 401 You're listening to Lowdown powered by Wolf GMC Buick on Sports 1440. I'm liking it. Have a little snooze. Come back. Ready to roll. Lots of people have questions for bagged milk. Is he like a star? Am I missing something? He's he is the second biggest Edmonton celebrity behind Low Tide, is what oh, I've been told. Such a liar. Yeah, no, that's what I, I, think, I was told. I think his dog is more popular than <laughs> either of us. Well, okay, then you guys are two and three if his dog. Won. All right, we are now joined by Will Birchfield, ninety-seven-one, the ticket, Detroit Lions coverage. Are how excited is Detroit about this team, uh, and how excited are they about playing the Chiefs in Week One? Detroit is more excited about this team than it's been maybe ever, and that might even include during the Barry Sanders years. And that's an incredible thought to ponder because this team is coming off a year when it missed the playoffs and only finished one game above 500. But the appetite for any kind of football success in this town is at an all-time high. I live downtown. There's already there's already fans gathering outside bars, up and down the streets, wearing Lions gear. Yeah, I've been here seven years covering this team. Never have I sensed even close to the level of of excitement and real optimism as there is this year. Now, to play the Chiefs, they'll tell you they're excited. I think they're all still pretty nervous, as they should be, playing the greatest quarterback of all time in the home, whether or not he has Kelsey tonight. So, and I, everything, I agree with you there, and, and I, I'm reading the, the preview shows, and they're talking about the, the Lions maybe winning the division, and I, I, I happen to believe that the Eagles and maybe the Cowboys and maybe a couple of others could be graded out on the NFC side a little higher, but it's possible the Lions could go very deep. In your opinion, how realistic is that, and, and maybe what is the one thing that, that we are not aware of, either a rookie or a new arrival, that will push them over the top if it happens? To me, and I can't believe these words are leaving my mouth because it wasn't long ago that they were 4-19-1 under Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. But to me, they are the third best team in the NFC. I think it goes, obviously, Niners-Eagles, and then admittedly a pretty wide gap. And then I think it's the Lions and maybe Cowboys and Seahawks 4-5. So to me, they're going to host a playoff game. I think they'll win a playoff game. And then we'll see if if they can get over the hump. To answer your question in that regard, if Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell, their two first-round picks, are everything that this team thinks they can be, then I think they are an NFC contender because Jack Campbell can shore up the middle of that defense where Anzalone is a solid, not great linebacker, and this team was really bad against the run last year defensively. If Jack Campbell can help them solve that, and if Jameer Gibbs can take this offense from great to elite, say top three in the NFL, then yes, this team has a chance to win the NFC, which is staggering when you consider where they were at this time last year 
coming off their fourth straight last place finish. How impressive is the O-line in your opinion? One of the best in the NFL. And we've been saying that about this line for three years now. This is the first time that the starting five will play a snap together. It's always been someone hurt either to start the year or to end the year. But this starting five of Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, most likely Halapuli Vadi Vaitai, say that name five times fast, and Panay Sewell is going to take the field tonight. And I think have their way with what's a pretty vulnerable and shallow Chiefs defensive line to start. But, yeah, that's, that's the engine of this defense. You know, we, we talk about the Lions hype train. The Lions O-line says, we're just shoveling the cold, man. We're just down there sweating, grinding, and putting in the work. And they love the fact that they now represent the backbone of this rebuild. It, that line is really good four Pro Bowl caliber players, maybe five if Vitae can recover his form, and that's where it starts up front on offense for this team. Will Birchfield, our guest from 97.1, the ticket on Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Will endearing himself by putting the Cowboys way down the list of NFC teams that are cont- uh, contend this year. Uh, we get, when I'm reading the previews for the Lions, I get to Goff, and then I raise an eyebrow. Not that he's not a good quarterback, but the, the expectation of this team going deep would involve him uh, kind of really stepping up. And that does happen in the NFL, and it's not like he can't play. But what are the odds that, that he is going to be um, thought of at the end of this year, maybe in a different way than he is right now? So I, I think the biggest piece of Goff's season is the fact that Ben Johnson returned as offensive coordinator because Ben Johnson is the one who has, who has really redeemed Jared Goff's reputation in the NFL. He, he took over the Lions' passing game midway through 2021 when Goff looked like he was hanging on by a thread in the NFL as QB1. And ever since then, Goff has been one of the best, best QBs in the NFL by, by any statistical measure. So, so with Ben Johnson scheming receivers open on almost every passing down and making decisions for Goff pretty easy. Oftentimes his first read is open and Goff is a good, very good pocket passer behind a very good, as we mentioned, offensive line. I don't think there's any reason to believe, barring injuries, that Goff takes a step back this year. If he continues to play like, as he did last year, one of the 10 best QBs in the NFL, and I think he will, again, the ceiling is very high for this team and a lot of it is due to Ben Johnson, who I think will be a head coach at this time next year. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, along with some others, were brought in to help the secondary, and I I know that's probably going to be questioned until it isn't anymore. Do you like what they've done, and do you think they can get far with it? I do, and man, I can't, the, the positivity leaving leaving my mouth right now is, is surprising even me. But yeah, the, the upgrades they made to that secondary was was the biggest development of the Lions' offseason because last year they allowed the second most yards for pass, most yards for completion in the NFL, and and they had no one who could cover back there besides maybe Kirby Joseph as a ball hawk in the second half of the year. But yeah, they bring in Cam Sutton. They bring in Gardner Johnson. They bring in Brian Branch, who's going to start tonight out of Alabama. They bring in Mosley, who should start soon once he's healthy. They've added four legitimate playmakers to a secondary that had almost none last season. And to me, that's the biggest matchup tonight, is how does that secondary match up with Mahomes with or without Kelsey, and how quickly can they gel from a communication standpoint? The Lions did not play 
almost any of their starters on defense or offense in the preseason. They got a lot of work in joint practices. But to me, tonight, is that secondary on the same page? And if they are, I think they'll hold up just fine against Mahomes. And, of course, that's all relative. So a Lions fan listening in uh, in Edmonton right now has suffered through, if they're my age, they remember Billy Sims getting hurt. They remember Barry Sanders being the best back ever and still going 8-8. Eight and eight. They remember drafting a wide receiver 300 years in a row in the first round. <laughs> so if you're a Lions fan tuning in right now, are, are you confident in telling that Lions fan that your long national nightmare is over and this team is real and expect good things? I am, yeah, and, and and I'm not sitting here proclaiming the Lions as a Super Bowl contender, a, a Super Bowl favorite. I think they can be a threat in the NFC, but against the backdrop of this team's history, yes, I do think that nightmare is over. They've only, as many of you guys probably know, won one playoff game in the Super Bowl era. I think they can expect to win their second this season, and I think they can expect to win the NFC North for the first time since it was called the NFC Central back in 1993. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who play in the NFC South now, have won the Lions division more recently than the Lions have. I think that drought comes to an end again this season. So, yes, when, when you measure it against the Lions' zone standard, I do think that that nightmare turns into something more of a fairy tale this season. Well, we wish you great coverage and great stories all year long, Will Birchfield, 97-1, the ticket. Thank you. Thanks a lot, fellas. Enjoy the game tonight. All right. Well, I like that. I like the Lions. I I don't have an opinion about them because they they just they're 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 kind of meh. They're blah. But it sounds like we're going to have a hell of a game tonight. I mean, like if they lose to the Chiefs, but keep it within what ten points, eight points, seven points. I think anywhere in a one score game would be successful. But again, I mean, no Travis Kelsey, Kadarius Tony. Is, is, now, are you sure there's no? If there's no Travis Kelsey, okay. I should. Re- right. You're right. You're right. I should well, watch my words. But if there's no Travis Kelsey, Kadarius Tony, the presumed number one target, you, like I said, Patrick Mahomes is generationally can make anyone look good. But you you start to wonder the weapons aren't there. What's that offense going to look like in, in those guys' absence? And what can Detroit do with the additions they in the secondary they brought in? Like you said. Everyone seems to be sleeping on my Vikings. Going to make a lot of dollars this year. Comes from Skull. That's uh, tobacco, right? Chewing tobacco? Skull. Yeah. yeah. It's spelled differently, I think, but but it is. Skull is a brand of tobacco. Well, I, I've heard. I've been told. I, I, I will not speak of it, but I have been around it in my life. Um, I, I, I'd like to see the Lions do well. Um, I, I've never been anti-Green Bay, but they've won a lot in recent years. And the Bears just do silly stuff. So I agree. The Detroit Lions are the lovable losers. They're the team you want to root for. You want them to, to find success in some capacity because you mentioned it. Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, two historic talents that were on their team, walked away in the prime of the power, their powers because the team was so mismanaged. So you, you want good things to happen for the Detroit fans. They, they've been through a lot. And that stat he brought up about the NFC South Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning their division more yeah. recently, yeah. I mean, that sums up the Lions in, in one sentence. That's what I love about NFL is that there's all these things that are you're like, oh my God, you're kidding. And that's like that. That's a great poll by him. That's a fantastic piece of trivia. Bobby V says, interesting, the Chiefs have similar performance questions about Jack Campbell as the Oilers. Well, that's well done. Skoll is also Viking for cheers. I did not know that. Okay, there we go. I guess that's where it comes from. That is news to me as well. But but here's the thing. You know, they say that, but is that true? Like, who speaks Viking? 
I mean, they're all gone. Just Minnesotans. Yeah. Minnesotians, I guess. What what is it? It's got to be Minnesotans. I said Minnesotans, but it sounded wrong. So then I changed You're it, right. and it sounded even worse. Yeah. So I think it is Minnesotans. I, you know, well, it doesn't matter. We'll move on. We cannot get caught up in these things. Uh, love the station. We need some intro music to start of each segment. It throws me off. So maybe we should do that. Okay, absolutely. We can definitely make that happen. Give me a little time, then I can ramble on for 16 minutes about the band that's playing. Absolutely. People will love that. He lied. Um, Tide, I'm happy to hear you back on the air. Looking forward to listening for a long time to come. Welcome back from Dylan. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, talks about nurse getting traded on the same day NFL is starting. You're going to give someone a heart attack from the excitement, LT. Well, I, I like Darnell Nurse. I'm on the Dan, Darnell Nurse train. But the, if they're going to pay Evan Bouchard $8 million or whatever it's going to be in a couple of years, that you can't have – you've already got Dreisaitl and McDavid making gobs of cash. You can't have, like, that many people doing it. The owners – I, I, I figured it out, and I'll get the math wrong – but of the, the, the seven or eight top paid players on the Oilers represent 70% of the, the actual cap. So you've got 30% for like 15 guys. The math is very difficult to make work. LT, is there any way we could move Campbell to, for Hart to Philly? Philly seems like they're open for business. Maybe, but you know... The odds of Campbell recovering at least a little bit are there. I think if Campbell doesn't recover, they are going to make a move, and that's why they haven't used some of the assets. Look, any asset that's not nailed down could be moved. That's the first-round pick in 2024. That's things like Xavier Borgo or Philip Broberg or Dylan Holloway. They could go, and I know you're attached to them. I know you like young players because I talk and interact to you every day on the blog and at The Athletic and here. I get it. I understand. But this is this is all in time. This is the point at which you make trades where you're giving up future for now. That's what the Matthias Ekholm trade was. They're they're all in. You know, in the the when you watch the the poker, the and the guy pushes all of his chips in, and then a couple of minutes later, he looks so sad, and yep. they bring him free booze. That's where the orders are. They're close. They damn near won it a year ago. If they'd beaten Vegas, they'd won. They'd win the Stanley Cup. And you stand by that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go Cowboys! This is the year for Dak. I like Dak. I wish he wasn't a Cowboy, but I, I say every year the Cowboys are going to win it, and yet they really have stumbled and bumbled. And Jerry Jones keeps, you know, saying the right things, but it, and he has backed off. He's not as much of a a draft table m- moron owner as he was in the past. And I say that with respect. If I owned, a, like, if I owned the Oilers, I'd be in there like a dirty shirt. I'd be like Mark Cuban. Like, I'd be down on the sidelines trying to trying to coach the team, asking if I can play things like that. So, if that's what I'm going to do, he he's done respectably. I'll say that. Do you know the name Ted Turner? Uh, for uh, the from CNN. Yes. Yes. Well, he bought the Atlanta Braves, and he he was managing them in general, man. They they banned him for a year. The, the the league banned him? MLB mm-hmm. banned him? Yeah, wow. Yeah. It turned out Jane Fonda was better at it. And so <laughs> they said, you know, step off and take a year off. Uh, low Tide, I have a, a ho- fantasy hockey question for you. Who do I keep as a goalie between Saros and Skinner? Points only for wins. Oh, oh I'm so torn. You're the smartest hockey person I know. <laughs> Jay, aim higher. That's a tough question because I think Saros will play a lot and he'll be brilliant. But I think Skinner, if he plays enough... He is going to get more wins. 
That's the question you have to ask yourself. I won't give you any advice because if it's wrong, I'll feel badly. But if it were if it were me, I would go with Skinner because I think he will play a lot. Low Tide, can you explain how our cap space grows through the season? Something I've always tried to understand. I hear we'll have a couple of million in cap space come the trade deadline. Yet today, we only have a couple hundred dollars from Brad. I will try to explain this, but if I'm wrong, all of the math folks will come out and hammer me. I will. They'll rain down blows upon me. I'll be a little puddle of sweat by the end of the show. So I'll try, and if I'm wrong, I will go back and correct it. But it goes like this. So right now, a contract of $10 million is the full 10. It's the full Monty for this year. But as time goes along in the year, it will decrease, and at some level, that contract in the last quarter will be worth only a certain amount. As all of the contracts do, they diminish in terms of what the amount is. You gather daily, you accrue more cap room. So by the end of the year, if you're X dollars at the beginning under the cap, you've accrued it, and now you have an opportunity to go and you know get a, a $3 million player because you're not trading for $3 million. You're trading for 26% of $3 million. That's how it works. Yo, low tide. No way Hart is going anywhere till the junior team list comes out. Campbell is going to turn it around. Let's go Expos. Well, amen to the Expos. Secondly, we, we need the junior list. We don't know who's on the list, so I'm not going to get into that. But that is probably a consideration. You're right. And Skoll is Icelandic, not Viking. Honestly. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to know more about these uh, obscure languages, Declan. Uh, I'm buying a book on Amazon as we speak, so we won't have these problems tomorrow. I'm just saying, because people are coming in now, and they're all after us. And I mean, I barely have a hold of English, so. Um, okay, I'm gonna, there's something about a skirt and a, and a woman in there. I'm not reading it, because I just, I'm hitting it on the fly. I will review it, and maybe we'll talk about it. Uh, low Tide of the Order is able to create cap space, trading the last year of James Neal's contract uh, to another team with a with with a draft pick, or is that not an option? That's a buyout, right? They bought him out, so you they, you can't move that. That's just, uh, they call that dead money, which comes up a lot in my reviews. Uh, as people, you know, as in my time in radio, when people say, let's go in and have your annual review, dead money really shows up for me. And I mean, I don't know why, but I'm not usually listening by the time we get to that point. In hour number two, bagged milk. I think, is his name Mike? Somebody texted me that it was Mike. I don't know. I think it's a secret. I don't want to go out here, you know, doxing him or anything. And so I, I'm going to just, it's bag milk to me, and I'm okay. going to stand by that. And I, and I don't know the name of his dog. I think it's Frank, but we'll find out that too. That's all coming up in hour number two. And we also find out what he thinks of the orders, if they're going to win the Stanley Cup, what they should do. And we'll have NHL rumors as well in hour number two. You're listening to The Lowdown, powered by Wolf GMC Buick on Sports 1440. It's 1239. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. To you by Wolf GMC Buick. With uh, Agnetha Falzgog, Anafred Lingstad, Born Alvelius, and Benny Anderson. The two guys were, like, not famous at all. That band had, every eight weeks they had a hit single. Back in the, back in the old days. And that song, Waterloo, won the 1974 Euro Song Contest. You know, my dad used to have that song on vinyl. And when I was a kid, uh, we would have Friday night dance parties. So mm-hmm. that one, Rock Lobster, 
Um, nice. Build me up buttercup. We would throw it on the on foundations. Vinyl and, yeah, and just da- dance good. around in our living room. And it was Your great. It was dad great. had great taste in music. Oh, yeah, he's a he's a big music guy. No, was that was guy. that the forty five that you had? Oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm not well versed enough to know. I would. Is that a nice one? Because no, the, the, the forty five is the size of the record. Did you have a little? Um, thing in the middle that you had to turn over you didn't do we the did. music i didn't do the music but there okay. was a little thing in the middle that you okay. had to turn over okay yeah. well the the reason i asked that is waterloo on the other side was the french version of waterloo which i thought was cool since you know it was about waterloo i mean i'm just saying we never got into the french side he might have listened to it in private but it, it probably would have gone <laughs> gone over our heads we couldn't appreciate it the way it needed to be appreciated so he just he just kept the english version for us simpletons your 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 poor family your dad's gonna have to defend listening to waterloo when, in french when nobody's why did you do that yeah, like why oh, hey why have you been out in the garage for the past four hours <laughs> with, the, with the record what's player? wrong with you <laughs> oh my um okay so They'll let anyone write a book. I I like the fact that people that people mention and talk about the book and and people have bought the book, which I appreciate very much. I enjoyed that experience thoroughly. I am writing another book. I don't know who's going to publish it though, and I'm not going to tell you when it's going to be written or when it's going to be done. It's a labor of love, and it's going to be at least as long as the first one, which should not make you happy. Uh, Cap Friendly says there's zero cap space. How are they able to sign Gagne or a Sutter? Okay, so it goes like this. At some point, I think the answer is 775000 this year. So that's the, that's the line in the sand. You can sign a guy for 775000 and you can sign another guy for 775000 and you can interchange them because if, it's, if the player is in the AHL, then it doesn't count towards the cap unless it's more than seven seventy five. So... Sam Gagne or Brandon Sutter are interchangeable during the year. You can slide one up, slide one down. That's why people made a fuss about Raphael Lavoie signing for 894000 because he put himself out of the 775 game, which could be the entire season for recalls for the Edmonton Oilers. So they've got, I think, 43 men on their 50-man list. They could go find and sign guys for 775 times one year all day. Fill your hat. Till you get to 50. And uh, Jason Greger said Max Comtois the other day. I mentioned uh, Nolan Patrick, who I think right-handed center, he would fit. We'll see what happens. But Jason says there's a possibility to send another guy. Maybe it's a right-handed defenseman. I'd sign Ethan Bear, even though he's hurt. I don't know if he'd come here. We should be doing anything we can to take the jet, to get the Jets to take Campbell. Give us Halleback. Hellebuck for half a year. Well, I think New Jersey will beat you to it. That's what I think New Jersey is is all in on that. They, New Jersey needs one more piece, and that's it. The Oilers, sure, they might need a goalie, but they might need a defenseman, and they might need a center. And you've got Evander Kane and Connor Brown who were hurt last year. You don't know if they're going to be 100% all year long. And your backups are young guys like Dylan Holloway or a little older like Warren Fogle. And maybe Xavier Burgo, but you've got to give him at least a half a year in the AHL. Not sure the orders can go that way because they have more than one issue. Or as the CBC says, issue. And we thank them for the pronunciation guide. I think you kind of have to win a, a game in round three of the playoffs before you should be considered close. Eh. Brad, I don't agree with you. I think that, that anybody who saw the orders a year ago or even two years ago, they're close. 
and and you know when you're parsing how deep they have to go, I think you're missing the point. They're a very good team. They are capable of winning the Stanley Cup. Secondly, signing Bouchard for eight million compounds the nurse signing at nine two five. Both are ridiculous overpays. Well, they ju- the way ne- contracts and negotiations uh, con- contract negotiations are done is via comparables. So in two years, Sanderson, who just signed for eight million with Ottawa, is going to be a comparable for Evan Bouchard, and Evan Bouchard's numbers might be better, so he might get more than that. And when that happens, something has to give. There's there's just no way around it. The world will not be able to handle the orders having what would be at that time, I think, four guys making a total of something like $45 million. I'm just reading stuff. People are sending me stuff, and I'm on the fly. And some of it is, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's for radio. Do you have that problem when, when you're doing shows where people send you stuff, like they're ordering stuff, and, and hi, can I get, you know... Six drinks and a and a some cheesies. A little bit. I kind of you know I'm I'm pretty tunnel vision, so I block it out pretty easily. Probably miss a lot of the things that I shouldn't be missing. Okay. But uh, you know, right. Oilers simply need a new D zone system. They have the players. KCF people keep saying that like other teams don't figure it out. You know that they adjust, right? You know that there's a man-to-man and there's a zone, and sometimes during a year that they would adjust to that, or maybe the forwards are playing one way and the defensemen are playing another. This idea that there's some kind of miracle. All the orders have to do is change the system. No. No, they, they, you can get exposed. What, what we're talking about here is the orders have a bunch of imperfect players. And they're not alone. So Vincent DeHarnay is a, was a rookie a year ago, even though he's 27. But he's long. It, you better pack a lunch if you're going to get by him because he's so long. And, you, you know, you're trying to find the edge. You're trying to find that point where you can turn and head to the net. And DeHarnay is such a, a his, he's got the, the wingspan of a condor. You can't get by him. But then you've got Broberg, who is so naturally talented. When he gets it, when he gets that ability to understand that, he's going to be a better player than DeHarnay. You're making a calculated risk playing one over the other. And what I think everybody says, I mentioned Harmon Dial today in his athletic article, Play Broberg. You've got to play him. And the only reason the Oilers won't play him, in my opinion, is that if they come to the deadline and they need a right-handed guy to replace CC, and Broberg is the cost, they will pay it, I believe. Remember, the Edmonton Oilers are changing gears now. Nobody's saying it out loud, but Ken Holland did not sign an extension. He's a what they call a lame duck. That's no disrespect to Mr. Holland. He's a lame duck general manager. If he wasn't, he'd have a contract in tow. He'd bring his attache case to work, and he'd open it up, and there'd be a contract for him. He's not that guy now. Jeff Jackson is the guy now. He's the CEO, and maybe he's even the GM. But when he chooses his guy, his guy will be marching in lockstep. And you saw that with the the amateur scouting department, where they moved out Tyler Wright. They bring in a guy that he's more familiar with. This is This is what businesses do all the time. It's just the way you do it. You want to be comfortable with the guy. And it's not, no disrespect to Ken Holland. And he may well have decided that he, you know, he, you know he's, he's at a certain age. He's had tremendous success in his life. He may want to, you know, head to Kelowna or Penticton or, you know, wherever he wants to retire and, and maybe take a consulting job. 
Maybe he'll end up in media. Maybe he'll end up telling media what he thinks of them. All of these are possibilities, but I don't think Ken Holland as GM next year is a possibility. Brad Holland is possible. He's done really good work in the pro scouting department, and he knows his stuff. I like him because his analytics chops are very strong, and that's reflected in deals we've seen by the Edmonton Oilers. Certainly the deal for Clem Costin a year ago, and I think the deal for Jaden Grubb. Grubb? Jaden Grubb? Uh, over the summer, again, shows some real... Um, knowledge of analytics and projecting young players into the next role. The owners have to get really good at that because, man, the cupboard is bare. And Jeff Jackson was on, I think, with Bob the other day talking about it and, and about how important it is that they procure talent. Procurement is a word that Edmonton Oilers organization has to really pay attention to in the next, say, two years. Because they're running out, and they're going to trade somebody. It might be Burgo, might be Broberg, probably going to be the first-round pick. They're, they're bleeding talent at one end to try to pump up the jam in the other end. And they're doing it right. There's no, there's no way that the, this is a, a wrong course they're taking. But they're going to run out of assets. And, and, you know, because they've been doing this since Shirelli got here and made all those, uh, sent all those picks away for, for Reinhardt. That was 2015. We're now in 2023. We're coming up on a decade of bleeding talent. And credit to the scouts. They've done a really good job with what they've had. But now they're really, I mean, they're without. Bo Akey was a great pick in the second round this summer. He really was. He could be a first-round talent. But again, you're losing ground to everybody. And sooner or later, one of those California teams who have been the kings of suck will start turning it around. And then you've got trouble. L.A. is close. They really are. Why compare Broberg and DeHarnay? Two different roster requirements. Rose Broberg has to beat out further up the lineup. Well, no. I mean, if you say DeHarnay is the number six defenseman and Broberg can play the right side, Broberg could slide in instead of DeHarnay. I don't think he's going to slide in again over Kulak. Kulak's a veteran. Now, if somebody gets hurt like CeCe or whomever, then he could slide in. But he, the competition for the number six defenseman, in my opinion, is Broberg v. DeHarnay. And that won't change before training camp. Ken Holland was set to retire five years ago until Mr. Cates showed up with $25 million. I suspect Old Dutch ready to retire forever now. I believe Ken Holland had a, a higher-up job with Detroit. He was like, you know senior advisor to the blah, blah, blah. He wasn't going, he wasn't retiring, as I recall. I could be wrong, but I think he had a job. Oh, Tide, leave Ethan Bear at the old station. He's seven, he's a seven, eight D from Jim. Nope. We can disagree, but I, I'm very stubborn. Just so you know, Jim, stubborn is a mule. I won't give in on that because I'm right. Have you seen the system? They have D-men chasing out to the blue line. That's coaching. That's the issue. Well, if the, if you're playing if you're playing man to man, then you're forward. I know the play you're talking about. That was Fogel's job to slide down Nurse. If that's what they were playing, then Nurse did his job. Fogel didn't catch. You've got to you you've got to be able to check down, and Fogel didn't do it. And that and Holloway doesn't do it either. And that's the 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 sins of youth. And that's what they're trying to iron out on the Edmonton Oilers. But oftentimes, any fan will go, what the hell? That guy's way out of position. But if that's his job, if that's what they're playing at that time, then he's actually not out of position. It's the other guy who didn't check down. What do you think of the hockey news predicting that 
Carolina will play Dallas in the final. Their website has an updated prediction of Colorado versus Carolina from Coach Mike. I think I think all of those teams are good. Uh, if I had to make a prediction today for me, for, for this is just for me, I would go Edmonton versus New Jersey in the final with the Oilers winning. That's what I say. That and like five bucks will get you a cup of coffee or a really good hot chocolate. What about the Swarm defense from Mondo? Well, what the Swarm defense did was get Devin Dubnik out of town. That's what happened there. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. It's Alan Mitchell with you, along with Declan Kruger, not a member of Nickelback. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick in hour number two. Bagged Milk will join us. We'll also have NHL rumors, and I will give you the proper... Uh, I haven't consulted with Mr. Woodcroft, nor does he answer my phone calls, but I will give you the proper lines and pairings for opening night. You're going to hate them, but I don't mind. Low Tide, thrilled to hear your baritone on air. Best of luck. What are the odds of Campbell significantly turning things around? I'm bullish, 75-25, Dunner North fan. I think he'll be better. I think he needs to give them 9-15 save percentage. I, that might be a little rich. Maybe it's 9-10, but I think he'll be better. And I think Skinner, I like Skinner a lot. I'm really, really a fan of Stuart Skinner. He's got calm feet. That's what you want in a goalie. Or, you know, a bus driver or cab driver, Uber so Swarm might run Campbell out? Well, I, I think people are down on Campbell, and I get it, but he's a professional athlete, and he had a lot. they were changing equipment on him and all this stuff last year. I think he'll be better. All right, last one, then we're going to take a break. We'll give you a sports update. Bouchard has a comparable on his own team. When his two years are up and he's a 70-point guy and their best puck mover, he'll just look across the room and say, that's what I want, and he'll be way better than him at that point. They'll have to pay it. Well, I'd, Sean, I think that the Nurse is a different player type than Bouchard. I think Bouchard has more of his cannons pointed in the offensive direction than Nurse does. But I agree with you. I think that I think Bouchard's going to be the guy they keep, and I think Nurse is the guy they're going to trade. And unless the cap goes way up, that's probably close to fait accompli. Okay, twelve fifty four. Low down with low tide on Sports fourteen forty, and it's time for an update.